psychedelic flow. I'm the dope and the antidote. Stay down the street from the package store. What you know? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Gulf, presented by 910 Coastal Barbecue. I'm your host, Marcus Bullitt. With me, as always, is my co-host, Brett Galt. And Brett, again this week, I will give you the honors of doing the intro, because we had her on earlier in the season, but um, a sniper found us from outer space in the ether. So uh, please proceed. We do. We have we have the girlfriend again, Emily. Um, she she was a little disappointed by last time because she ended up going five zero and two that week, and we we unfortunately weren't able to get the podcast out. So this is kind of redemption for her. Um, she's got a lot to live up to. Her dad did well last week, um, but I don't. If she does bad this week, I don't think we take it against her because she did have that five zero and two week. Yeah, I don't think so either. Emily, what's going on? I say, live it. Hopefully, I live up to the expectations and the hype. You know, I think my my dad being on last week is kind of lit a fire underneath me. Hopefully, this podcast uploads and everybody can actually hear my picks. Um, and hopefully, you know, I mean, <laughs> potentially, I could go five zero and two again. That would be nice. You do have seven picks this week, so it is hey, maybe lightning. Will if strike I could blindly two. take that right now, I would. Yeah, um, just a, a little bit of background. So week four, when Emily joined, we were in the middle of the show, and then my laptop just went completely black. I had to sign back into the room. Um, we tried to, like, contact our host support to get the audio back. They didn't get it to us in time, and it, it, it was just not a good go. But week five, Emily was 5-0-2. Oh, um, the power parlay hit that week. We were 16-6-7 overall. Um, her dad, Dave, did a great job last week. The power parlay was not good, but as a syndicate, um, he, I, and Brett in Alano Coastal Barbecue, we were 15, 5, and 1. Brett was 6, 1, and 1. His six wins, Iowa no, Northwestern under 31. The Pokes, last game of Bedlam, plus six, that was a hit. LSU Bama over 61. Washington lay in three. Washington USC over 76. And Arizona plus two and a half. The two, or excuse me, the single loss was Notre Dame lay in three in Death Valley. And then the one push was Ole Miss minus three. Uh, Brett, go ahead and recap your card and let me know your thoughts about the week that was. Uh, the Notre Dame, you you called that. That was a trap. Uh, I should have never gone with Notre Dame there. That was a trap running all over it. Um, the Ole Miss, the push was kind of disappointing because they were up like 14 at one point and they let Texas A&M get back into the game. But uh, pretty pretty proud of the Pokes. You know, I've been on them lately. Arizona, I've been on lately as well. So, and then – we knew that LSU, Bama, and then Washington and USC would be a shootout. So I think those overs were pretty easy. And then that that forced uh, Lincoln Riley to finally fire Alex Grinch for USC. It is, it's what needed to happen um, for sure. So a 6-1 in one week brings you to 42-22-4 and four overall for the season, uh, plus 20. That's more than exceptional, Brett. I am very happy well, to see you. Thank you. Thank you. The last two, you know, I mean, before the last two weeks, it was getting pretty tight, but I, the last two weeks have really helped out my cause. Yeah, there's nothing like a 7-0 and and a 6-1-1 and to put you back in uh, good graces. Exactly. All right, and next up in the clubhouse was myself. I was 4-1. My four wins, Clemson plus three, never doubt a bounce back uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, Bama lane three. Washington lay in three, and then James Madison lay in five and a half. My one loss was Tulane. I really do feel bad about that Tulane loss. Um, it was my donation to the half for the power parlay. I felt excellent about it just knowing how down ECU was, but Tulane has had a habit, and I think I may have called this last week, of playing down to the level of competition sometimes. 
I didn't think it would matter against ECU, but um, it definitely did. So I did have a losing leg in the power parlay, but four and one week brings me to 44, 32, and three overall in the season. So plus 12, I still need eight games positive to catch Brett. So I have my work to do for um, the last four weeks of the season. Uh, Dave, Emily's dad, joined us, and he was five and two. His five wins were Boston College plus three, never a doubt, against Syracuse. LSU, Bama, over 61. App State, lane three and hook. Washington, USC, over 76. And Colorado, plus 13 and a half. And his two losses were Notre Dame, lane three. He was on board with Brett. And then Iowa, lane five. The sad thing about Iowa is that they gave up that late touchdown and they ended up winning it. Yeah. I was definitely hoping for overtime um, to possibly have them cover. But when I saw two lane loss, it, I mean, the power parlay was already shot. So five and two week, uh, pretty good for Dave. That brings our guests to 34, 20, and 2 overall for the season. They are plus 14, and it looks like I'm in last place. So with Brett plus 20, the guest plus 14, and me plus 12, I feel like I'm doing well, but it's definitely not good enough. And then now in Ocosa Barbecue, they took a loss. Notre Dame laying three, and an 0-1 record for them on the week brings them to 5-5 five and five on the season. Not as good as last season, but they are trying to get back there. So going into week 11, Brett, we are up 123. 83 and 8 as a syndicate. That's solid. That's pretty solid, right? I mean, hey, we're doing well. I mean, like, like I said, we, we went through a little rough stretch. I mean, I definitely went through a little rough stretch in the middle of the season, but the last couple of weeks have been, I mean, you've been, what, eight? You were 4 0 the week before, so you've been 8 and 1 the last two weeks, right? Yep. Yep. So we've had some good picks and good pickings, and the funny thing is, is we've texted offline before about how the those last two weeks we hated the um, hated the lines, and we've done pretty damn well during those two. So now, now yeah, you're when back, the now you're, going, we get going. Yeah, now you're back to your eight picks, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I need an eight no week. I, I got I got to make up some ground. Um, but Emily again is on here with us. We're excited to have her back for round two of the season, and uh, hopefully she can get us going in the right direction. Um, I think you have seven, Emily have seven, I have eight, so it is going to be pretty heavy this week. And I personally can't wait to, um, you know, see what she has lined up because, I mean, her track record, she hasn't lost. So I think we have the right person for the job. A lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, I'm not going to lie. All right, so unfortunately, we are at the 7.30 clip here. So, um, action Wednesday, Bowling Green, Kent State, Akron, Miami of Ohio, Eastern and Toledo. Uh, we cannot play any of those games. But Thursday has a couple of intriguing games. Uh, UVA is going to Louisville. Louisville is a 20-point favorite. And Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette are also playing. Do either of you have a Thursday night play? I do not. I do not. You all right? Well, I will do this on my own. Uh, let's go to Louisville. I'm laying 20. I think Virginia against Chapel Hill had their you know, like shot game of the season. What Louisville has done is just beat the hell out of bad teams. They have a great pass rush and they run the ball. Um, their second level linebackers can fly around and make plays. Beginning of the season, I thought Louisville may have been a little bit overhyped and I took them under eight wins. That is definitely going to miss. And I think Louisville covers this number easily. Um, I think Virginia's just going to get out-muscled. It's a different caliber of player on uh, each side of the ball. So give me the cards, laying 20 at home. I think they have a big statement. And, again, they need to – I won't say their playoff. It's unlikely that they make the playoff, 
but they are still playing for an ACC championship berth. So I think they're going to, you know, like uh, leave it all out there on the field. Yeah, if they didn't lose to a terrible pit team, then they would be right there, honestly. They'd be right there with Florida State. Yeah. The winner of Florida State, um, Louisville, would probably go to the college football playoff, which is kind of crazy to talk about. But Yeah, for sure. And uh, seeing my Hokies go in there last week, I kind of knew what was going to happen. That That's why I didn't really get excited and you know, talk about the possibility because I, I knew it, it, just, it just wasn't going to work. But uh, Virginia – is going to be in for a long night on Thursday. Yeah, I, I don't hate to play. I mean, Virginia's just kind of up and down. Like they'll shock you every now and then, though. So, yeah, that's that's the tough part. Um, Friday night we have two games: North Texas SMU in Wyoming, and the Raging Cajuns, or excuse me, the Running Rebels. Do any of you have a Friday night play? I do not. Nope. All right. Well, Emily, Saturday's open for you. You can take us to wherever you would like. All right, let's go Michigan, uh, Penn State. Uh, you're starting off with a big noon Starting kickoff. off with a big noon kickoff here. Um, I am going to take Michigan to cover. Um, I think they wipe Penn State out of the picture. Uh, last I looked, the spread was, I think, four and a half. Yep. I'm on this as well. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Talk to me, Brett. I it's more it's more of show me something Penn State. Um, because the way they looked at, at Ohio State was terrible. Allard looked bad. Um on paper. The only thing that the only thing that's interesting to me is like Michigan really hasn't played a single soul this so far this season, so I think it's still out on the air of like how good they actually are, and then you have the whole sign gate going on and everything like that. Um, but I don't know. I just I think it's two good defenses. I'm not taking the under, but I'd probably take the under here if you force me to. But 45, 45 yeah, and a half. I, I think because I don't think Penn State's going to score that much, and uh, they they have a legit defense too. Um, Penn State. Both of them have legit defenses, so I can see it kind of being a battle at the beginning. But eventually, I think Michigan's offense is better, so I, I like I like Michigan in the position for sure. Let's party! Not a lot much need to be said. Michigan, you could say that maybe they're distracted with everything going on with the sign ceiling protocols. Is Jim Harbaugh going to get suspended? Um, is anyone else going to, like, take action, the NCAA, the Big Ten? Be it, it's not going to matter. Um, I definitely think Michigan wins big here. This game will probably be a 38-14 to 14 kind of game. Brett, I texted you earlier in the week. Uh, it was actually me, you, and Dave, and I said, if there's one thing I'm sure of this week, Michigan is going to beat the hell out of Penn State. I think Penn State kind of sucks. Um, we know that their quarterback is definitely not as good as he was maybe hyped up to be. James Franklin, he usually folds in this spot, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. And also, Michigan may already have their signs. So, uh, Wolverine's big, clean sweep for the slate. Yeah. I, 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 you know, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Penn State win this because I, I still don't know how good Ohio State is either. I don't, I'm not sold on the court as their quarterback. Um, I think 
Marvin Harrison really bails him out a lot, just being the mm-hmm. lead wide receiver he is. But it's going to be interesting to see kind of this game. And like I said, honestly, it being a noon kickoff probably favors Michigan because, you know, the big noon and they don't do night games anymore, which kind of sucks. But this definitely should be a night game. So I think this plays in Michigan's favor. All right, for sure. Um, Brett, go ahead. Uh, table's yours. All right. Um, Kansas playing good ball right now. Um, I mean, what Lane Slypold has done there has been fantastic. They're on a roll. They're not, they don't even have Jalen Daniels. They got Bean back there. Uh, they're in a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus Texas Tech. Give me the Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a down year for Texas Tech so far this year. Kansas has been playing on – good on both sides of the ball so i I like i like the jayhawks to cover here emily you playing this i do not have a play here okay uh brett i have a play on this game i'm gonna play the total um i'm gonna take the over here i think kansas is gonna score a lot of points but i do think that texas tech um can find continuity you know in some spots you know this season they haven't looked great on offense i.e against west virginia Kansas State, they put up 21, BYU 14. But I do think that Kansas defense is a little bit vulnerable. We've seen them yeah. give up a lot of big plays, especially during that Texas game. Um, it started to get a little bit out of hand. So I'm going to play the over uh, – best number I can get is it looks like 61. So I'm going to play Texas at Kansas over 61 and hope for a lot of points, but a Jayhawks win with you. Yeah, I don't hate that. All right, uh, Emily, you're up. All right, I'll take you to a pretty good, I think, SEC showdown, Missouri, Tennessee. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the over on this game. Uh, You know, Missouri, you know, came off of a Georgia week, and I don't think that Tennessee's defense is any better than Georgia's, and Missouri was able to score. I think Tennessee will also be able to score on Missouri. So I see it being a pretty high-scoring game, pretty competitive. So I'm going to go with the over. What's the over-under at? 58 and a hook. That's kind of low, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I like that play. I think both teams can score, for sure. I haven't played on this. It's I, I'm taking points, though. I, I like Missouri to cover the – I was kind of, you know, I was kind of surprised to see them as an underdog here. Yeah, I really don't understand it to be honest. I don't. I don't know. I mean, they just went toe to toe with Georgia, um, and they were in that game for most of it at Georgia. So we saw how Tennessee did against Florida when they were on the road like a few weeks ago. So I, I like Missouri to cover the points here. I thought about playing this, and when I saw this on Sunday, I'm like, all right, let's just look ahead, and I saw. Again, Tennessee was favorite. Like, Trevor, what's going on here? He said, shocking line, especially with Missouri at home. I'm sure he's confident in the Vols here, but uh, <laughs> I don't even know if this is a trap game. I honestly think Vegas should just make this a pick em, Yeah. if anything. But I think the right side, if you're going to handicap it, I, play I just... it, would be take the points from Missouri. They probably win this game – six out of ten times so yeah I, I i like to play here um we've seen the bosses do stupid shit sometimes that's what i'm saying and like what what convinces them that they can win on the road you know i mean the the big game on the road 
so far for them this year was Florida, and they shit bed. So I just don't really understand it. Yeah, I don't hate it. So Emily is playing the Tennessee Missouri over fifty eight and a hook, and Brett is playing Missouri plus one and a half, taking all the points that he can get. I'm gonna keep us in SEC. Um, let's go to the bluegrass. Bama is going to Kentucky. Uh, the best number I can get is ten and a half. I was kind of hoping I can get it at ten, um, being more of kind of a key number there. But uh, I'm gonna take the Crimson Tide again. I've seen the Devin Leary experiment over and over. What Kentucky has done well this year is run the football. Obviously, we saw what they did against Florida. I mean, they just demolished them on the ground. They're not going to be able to get offensive line push on this Bama defensive front um, like they did Florida. And if Devin Leary has to cover the spread or even win the game by throwing it, I think uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry and those DBs in the uh, Bama backfield, they're, they're going to have uh, some fun with Devin Leary. Again, he's, he's not a great quarterback, not polished. He also makes some very dumb mistakes. So if you take away Kentucky's uh, bread and butter in the run game, I think Bama routes Kentucky. This will probably be a 20-point game right here. So I will take 10.5 for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, I don't hate that. I went back and forth on this. But like you said, I mean, Leary is just – I don't know what happened to Leary. Um, everybody was expecting so much from him after the year at NC State, especially the one year. Because honestly, the year that he got hurt, we've talked about this before, he was not playing well as it was. So mm-hmm. they were hoping for that previous uh, Leary year, and he just – he has not been good at all. Yeah, and, I mean, honestly, after this game, uh, Kentucky has South Carolina and then Louisville. I don't know – they'll probably beat South Carolina. I'm sorry, Emily. But, I mean, Louisville's probably going to crush them, honestly. Like, it – I don't I don't this Kentucky team again if you take away the identity of the run game they don't have anything that they can do offensively no. so I think Bama can hit enough big plays and out muscle them to you know beat them by like 17 18 points maybe 20 I don't hate it All right so I have four plays on the board Brett you have three uh Emily uh you're up All right um, I'm going to do kind of a wild one in typical Bulka family fashion. I'm going to take JMU to cover a 24 and a half spread against UConn. Um, I think UConn is an absolutely horrible football team. And I think, you know, James Madison undefeated, uh, having a phenomenal season is really just going to knock them out almost as badly as Tennessee did last week. Yeah, yeah, that's this is in play for sure. James Madison, that was the biggest, like, monetary bet I played last week personally, and they covered handedly. Uh, they're they're really good. Um, did you guys see where they're trying to appeal um, I did, to, yeah. to I did, be able I to play in a bowl honestly, game in the conference championship? I was say they honestly deserve to to play yeah. in that game. It's it's when, honestly just unfair. When, when is like the NCAA just going to be overrated? You know, like what <laughs> besides you know? I think we talked about this before. You know, they put on a good basketball tournament for March Madness, and also the uh, they do the College World Series. But like besides that, like can we just override them because? They are never consistent. They always make stupid decisions. And like, I mean, this is just another stupid decision. Like, James Madison should have a chance for a New York Six or a New Year Six Bowl, honestly, the way they're playing. Yeah, for sure. 
like what if this is next year and if they do the same thing and they're supposed to get the the at large or the yeah i mean the non-g5 playoff bid <laughs> like the, this has to end and honestly it like bowls run independent from the ncaa although the ncaa helps coordinate them and sponsor them in some fashion if somebody invites jmu they should just say yes like what's again what's the ncaa going to do no nothing because they're all they're all talk when it comes to things you know it's just ridiculous yeah um emily i like the play this is this is a good spot for jmu right here um who does james madison play after this I mean, poor Jamora. He did a good job last year, and then this year it's just they've gone up into flames. <laughs> yeah, they have. So after this, JMU closes with App State and Coastal. This is probably a very good tune-up game for them. Um, they have App at home, and then at Coastal. Yeah, I, I like this. James Madison's probably going undefeated this year. Yeah, I would say. I was gonna so. say with that with the rest of with the rest of their schedule, I definitely think it's possible. For sure, uh, Brett, you playing this? No. I'm staying away, but I don't hate the play. All righty. Uh, Brett, you're up. All righty. Um, this has become one of my favorite plays last week or so. Um, Rutgers is traveling to Iowa. Give me the under. Oh, under. <laughs> 28 and a half. This will be a 10 3 yep. game. Uh, I mean, both of these defenses are like top 10 in the nation, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know, like Rutgers has been what Shiano has done there has been pretty, pretty damn good. They, they, they went toe to toe with the Ohio State for a good portion of last week, and honestly, they did the same with Michigan as well a few weeks ago, before they kind of got out of hand in the second half. Um, they'll be able to stop Iowa. Iowa's going to be able to stop them. This a uh, field goal might win. It might be three zero. Yeah, um, I saw an ESPN. It is like Vegas is catching up. This is the lowest college football total yeah. handicap ever. ever. Yeah. Like we thought it was going to be Iowa Northwestern. It just keeps trickling down every week. Um, Brett, good luck. I think you're on the right side a thousand percent, but I just cannot take an under in the twenties. It, hey, it's okay. risky, but it's probably going to hit. And that's the crazy thing about it. Listen, that's fair. But like I said, last week it was what over under 30 and a half in the game. The final was what? 10, seven, I think. So, I mean, 17 points. I'm just – you, you don't want to get beat by overtime right here. That sucks. No, and that, is, that could be a concern. Like, it could be a 3-3 game going into overtime. But even then, one of them was going to stop one of the others in first overtime. So, I think I'm still good. Okay, I feel it. Emily, you got to play here. I don't. This is one of the games that I was really back and forth on because I, I agree with Brett. I really just think it's going to be super low scoring here. Um, I just couldn't commit to a to such a low to such a low scoring under. Okay, cool. Um, so I will take us to Winston Salem, where Krispy Kreme was founded. The hot light will be on in the morning and at night on Stratford Road. So let's play Wolfpack land two and a half. I know there's been a lot of commotion in the NC State community this week. Their starting quarterback is quitting for the rest of the season and is in a red shirt. The, the funny thing is that I've listened to a couple of like uh, snippets of local radio in Raleigh and obviously like read some articles. Apparently, MJ Morris's dad came out and said that he's not leaving the program. That's not the plan. But 
I mean, I played football since the time I was seven. I mean, I, I mean, organized sports since T-ball, like since I was four. There is no situation to where you quit and then you come back next year. Like the the writing's on the wall. I think his dad saying that for lip service. I don't care what Dave Dorn says, and it's really not even Dave, but it's like people in the media trying to justify this. Well, the plan was for him to redshirt the entire year. The the Brennan experiment didn't work. I don't care. If you're QB one at a power five school, or even in college football in general, you do not quit and plan to come back next year just to maintain a year of eligibility. I think that's bullshit. I honestly think that uh, tampering is going on. I don't think that NJ will be in an NC State jersey next year, but I do think that this NC State defense is good enough to shut down Wake Forest, and I think Brennan can do just enough. Uh, reading a bunch of stuff on Twitter, it seems like most of the players in the program um, and like the consensus around Raleigh is that the team is re-rallying behind Brennan, and I think that you know that confidence level is probably going to like promote him to the next tier. So if he can just play a little bit better in the passing game, you know he's dangerous with his legs. I definitely think that uh, State can go into Winston-Salem and win. It does concern me because, you know, just growing up on Tobacco Road, the home team usually wins the game. But this year, Wake is a shell of itself, and NC State has a little bit more going. So I will take the Wolfpack, and I will lay two and uh, I think two and a half is the best number I can get. Two would be nice. Like I said, NC State, yeah, two and a half. Wake Forest is kryptonite. For NC State, so I just I can't I, all the commotion that's going on. I, like like you said, I think MJ Morris is gone. But the thing is, like, who's tampering with him? Because I've told you, I think he's average. I don't think he's all that. So where's he going to go? That's better than NC State is my question. Um, so I I will be interested to see where he goes. And then I he he's not staying. There, there's just no way. He's, not with everything that's been happening. No, there's no. He's way. gone. Yeah. yeah, he's gone. So. I am interested to see where he ends up. It, like you said, I agree. He's the best option on NC State's current roster. Is that saying a little bit about the program? Probably. But you, like we said, you look at Cam Rising. Cam Rising's going to transfer somewhere. He's not going to the NFL next year. Um, not after a year of not playing. Yeah, I think he'll pull a Sam Hartman. I mean, Sam Hartman could have went to the NFL last year. Yeah. But he went to Notre Dame, tried to, you know, make a little bit more money, maybe being a true first-rounder, which – I, I mean, think it's safe to say that Sam Hartman may be a fringe first-rounder. Um, I think Cam Rising's going to do the same thing. Jaden Daniels, we talked about him. Him maybe going to USC with Lincoln Riley next year. I don't think we see him the rest of the year. And yeah. I think MJ's just kind of taking, you know, a glance around the landscape and just yeah. saying, like, yeah, the, the, I'm going to shut it down. The crazy thing for both of this for me is, like, you know, the Big 12 is losing Oklahoma and Texas after this year. So the Big 12 is going to be wide open. And what are two teams? Utah's coming to the Big 12. They're they're probably going to be a front runner to win it, honestly, with as good as defense they have. As all they all they need is decent offense. And don't forget that next year we go to the 12 college, the 12 team college football playoff. So it's kind of if Jalen Daniels, listen, I, I understand all about the money and everything like that, but with the Big Ten, with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Jalen Daniels is going to have a better chance of getting to the playoff at Kansas than he would to, at USC, in my opinion. So, yeah. mm-hmm. But it's all about the money for the guys anyway these days, so I guess it really doesn't matter about winning. I'm also going to throw on an underplay here. I'm going to play under 43.5 for NC State Wake. That. Um, if State does win this game, it'll be like 21-14, to 21-13 kind of game. 
I love the underplay here. Yeah. I don't Probably more than the actual spread. The under 43 and a hook for NC State Wake. Emily, you playing this game in Winston-Salem? I'm not, not touching this one. Okay. Well, the board's yours. All right. I will take you to an interesting one, which I've gone back and forth on kind of all day looking at them. But I'm going to take you to Syracuse Pitt. Uh, Pitt is actually minus three on this, and I'm going to take Syracuse to cover. I think Syracuse wins wow. this game. Um, it's in uh, it's in, it's at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, so it's kind of I think a pretty neutral environment. I think Pitt is not great, and I think Syracuse is is better. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take them to win. I'm gonna take them to cover. Pitt or excuse me, Syracuse plus three is the best yeah. I can get you. That's fine. So wasn't um Phil Dracovic moving to tight end? Yeah, he was. So I, I honest, I haven't watched too much Pitt since that happened, but I'm looking at the Florida State box score. He did not register a catch. Um, let's check the Notre Dame game. I, can't I don't remember. think he's had a reception since he moved. <laughs> oh God. Poor guy. I mean, Pitt's Pitt's main thing this year was beating Louisville. I mean, they crushed Louisville too. Like the the unthinkable. I mean, yeah, but I that game was kind of a trap because Pitt. I think that's the game that they switched quarterbacks from Dracovich to the the Penn State transfer. So I feel like it was just bad timing for Louisville. I mean, if yeah, he has not recorded a reception since he moved to tight end. Yeah, I mean, I, who even knows if he's like playing? And he was decent at Boston College. I know that, that's a crazy thing. Is he his freshman or sophomore year or whatever? He was he was legit. But yeah, he's gone. He's I, gone completely off the rails now. I guess when you have Zay Flowers, it'll make you a lot better. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be his coming out party. You know, have a little bit better weapons, yeah, and it's, it, dude, it's gone in the. They're like, it's like Brennan Armstrong, but it it honestly is like very similar to Brennan. Yeah, I really didn't understand the Brennan. I like I said, I didn't really understand, um, Dave going for Brennan. I mean, I guess he did kind of have the good years at Virginia, but his last year was terrible. But, yeah, the Robert and I reunion, it didn't uh yeah, didn't pan out. I just really didn't understand that move by Dave. But I will say, and we can hop off of NC State after this, their last three games are winnable as hell. Wake, Virginia Tech, and they always beat Chapel Hill. So, I mean, if State finishes 3-0 and, you know, wins nine games, <laughs> this will be the ugliest nine-win season well, that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, the Virginia – is that game at VT? Yeah, it is. That game will be an inter- – the line on that will – I mean, that that will be a good game, honestly. It will be like a two-point spread or yeah. That would that would be a good game because Virginia Tech. I mean, I don't know. Dr- drones before before uh before the Louisville game this past weekend, they were on a little roll, you know. Yeah, and then they came back down to earth. But yeah, the Chapel Hill would be interesting. You don't know what Chapel Hill is going to do either, so they could either show up for that or that 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 game will always be a good game. It's going to be a good game no matter what. So. Yep, I'm with you. All right, so Emily is on Cuse plus three in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Brett, give us one. 
All right. This is going to be a team. This is these are two teams with really not good defenses, but pretty decent offenses. Florida is traveling to the Death Valley of LSU. I'm taking the over here. Um, sixty-three and a half. We know that LSU can put up points. Florida's defense is not that great. Florida can also put up points. LSU's defense is not that great. I could see this being like a forty to thirty-five kind of kind of game. Hmm. I think I can get you 63. I'll take 63. That happens. I think that's interesting. Uh, Emily, you have any thoughts here? I actually have a play here, and it's kind of it's kind of the opposite of what Brett's going for, but I think LSU is going to cover the 13-and-a-half spread. I think that they could, could handedly beat Florida. Poor Joel, by the way. Yeah. You know? I mean, he he was on he was on a high, you know, before that Georgia game. Georgia Winston crushed him, and then you know our boy Pittman, he comes into town last week, and uh, uh, dude, Razor, I called that. The Razor I called Bats, it. The Razorbacks come into town and take down the Gators. A Razorbacks team that was struggling to put up ten points. And what was that final thirty? They put up like what thirty-seven, I think. Yeah, something, something like that. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, Wild. Yeah. So <laughs> poor Joel. He he's back to uh he's back to normal, I think, after that. Yeah, I, I love the place here. I mean, it's hard to doubt a uh a LSU over and again, I think they can cover thirteen against Florida too. They're a much better uh, football team, well rounded. So um I love it. I will take us to Tallahassee and I'm gonna lay best number I can get right now. 14, 14 and a half with Florida State. Uh, so Miami's traveling down. Um, in-state game used to mean a lot. Doesn't mean a lot now. Miami is struggling. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is one of those quarterbacks yeah. who had a great freshman year. And since then, it has just not been good. Last year wasn't good. This year is going anything but great. He's also had some, inj- some injuries. Uh, Florida State's a wagon. They're going to roll to the ACC championship. You know, if Florida State was to trip up and – you say, like, lose their playoff hopes, it'll more than likely beat a Florida the very last game of the season. Um, looking at Miami, North Alabama, and Florida to close it. I think Miami, similar to Clemson, misexecutes sometimes. And Florida State playing at home in Tallahassee, they actually have a home crowd, unlike, you know, Coral Gables whenever Miami goes. Yeah. I think it'll be a very pro garnet and gold stadium. Oh, yeah. And I think Florida State rolls here. Miami's just in a world of hurt. Um, no quarterback continuity. Uh, I don't know what Mario's going to do there in the long term, but it isn't going to start here against Florida State. Uh, Knowles. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, Miami. I mean, he he can recruit, but the uh, the play in Miami the last few years, like you said, they don't even get any fans there. So I don't know. I yeah, just... and if you look at like the the layout of college football and where Mario's been at Oregon. I wouldn't say that Oregon and Miami get very different players. No. When Oregon was rolling, he probably got a little bit better of a caliber. But when you just talk about stars, Miami stays getting, you know, like a couple five stars, a lot of good four-star players. I mean, they're in the state of Florida, so they basically have the pick of the litter from some of the best talent if they can get them there. I think Mario has a coaching issue. Um, and it very well may be him um, yeah. and the people he hired also plays into it, but he's just not getting a lot out of that team. For them to go into Carter-Finley and kick two field goals, 
Um, NC State sitting there getting defensive turnovers, 99-yard drives. It <laughs> some, Something just isn't right there. Having to take Virginia to overtime, I think Clemson was maybe a blip. Uh, we know Clemson got up early in that game, but I don't see a lot coming from Miami the rest of the season because after this they have Louisville, Boston College. If Miami ended 0-2, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, because he hired, what, Josh Gaddis last season. Mm-hmm. Um, it Which, looking back at that, because Gaddis won, like, you know, the best coordinator or whatever, um, offensive coordinator for that year. And now looking back at it, it's like, all right, well, we know why he won that, because they were stealing the signs. Um, so, that that – now we know why it didn't work out in Miami because he's not actually a good offensive coordinator. So, but yeah, it, it's a, I think you're right. I think he has a coaching problem. Is what it comes down to. 100%. Uh, Emily, you joining me there? Florida State land 14 on a hook? I was, that was another game I was really back and forth on all day, but I'm going to stay away. All right. Uh, you are up. And let me check in. You guys each have two more picks? I have one, two, three. Yes. Yeah, I also have two. Okay, beautiful. I have two as well, so we'll round robin it, and Emily, you can start. All right, I'm going to take you to uh, Chapel Hill, the UNC-Duke game. Um, For better or for worse, I'm going to take the over here, because Chapel Hill has scored insane amounts of points in pretty much every game they've played. Um, And I just, I don't know... My my question here is if Leonard's playing, I think Duke could also put up a decent amount of points. Um, so that's where I'm going. Uh, is it 50, 50 and a half? I'll take it. Brett, what do you think here? Because I have a play. What was over? Sorry, my freaking dog's being a pain in the ass right now. Poor Mia. Was so uh, Duke and Duke and Chapel Hill, um, fifty and a half is the over under, and the spread is fourteen and a half. Is Leonard playing? Do we know? Because if he's not, I I don't have trust in Duke's offense. Um, even though North Carolina is not exactly world beaters on the defensive end, but and then you know Duke has good defense too. Um. I don't so know. I would be, because I have a play on this game. I looked and it said that Riley Leonard has a toe injury, and I think yeah. he's going to be out this week and maybe one more. And Duke's second string quarterback, mainly the runner guy, um, excuse me, he also got hurt last week. So Duke is down to his third string quarterback, which is a freshman, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. big arm, um, but a freshman. Yeah, I, I'd probably take the under here. Okay. Um, not a lock for you? No, not touching but Okay, well, I'm playing Duke. Um, a couple weeks ago when Riley was – no, it was actually after Riley got hurt in Notre Dame. I said Duke is still going to beat Chapel Hill. Um, they'll find a way. So, one, this is a night game. So, Chris Collins, we know that Mac Brown will be sleepy. Um, there, there may be a couple coaching blips. But more than anything, I think this Duke defense is going to give Chapel Hill fits. And Duke, if they're going to win this game um, and retain the victory bill, I think that they know that their defense just has to like play with their hair on fire and maybe hold Chapel Hill to you know, 24, 25 points, something like that. So I think that the spread at 14 and a half is big enough. I really do like the hook. I think that gives me a lot of insurance. 
And more than anything, I think Mike Elko, being the defensive guy he is, is going to scheme well and probably put that freshman quarterback in as good a position as they can. I mean, we saw earlier in the year, Duke can run the football. So I think that's what they're going to do. And, you know, if their quarterback can convert a couple big throws, you know, maybe they have a shot. But, again, like Twitter injury news isn't always what it seems. So if Riley walked out there, again, a toe injury, eh, he, he likes to be mobile. You could play with turf toe. So yeah. um, give me Duke plus 14 and a half. I don't hate it. Me right, you guys don't have one play. Um, yep, yep. All right, we're going to uh Norman, Oklahoma. Um, oh I'm not taking spreads here, though. Um, I, I like the over here. West Virginia is coming to town. Uh, over under, I had think I had at 58 and a half. Um, you want do you want the over? Yes, you can get 58. All right, I'll take 58 then. I the spread on this was thirteen. The Oklahoma is kind of reeling right now. They've lost two straight. Kansas and now uh, Kansas and then Oklahoma State this past weekend. They're out of the playoff picture. I'm hoping that plays into our favor because they just don't care anymore. I guess we'll figure it out. But I like the over here. Um, West Virginia surprisingly has offensively has actually been playing pretty decently right now. And our defense is not that great, so I think Oklahoma is going to be able to score some points on us. So I think this could be kind of back and forth game with points, and so I I like the I like the over hit here. I was really hoping you were gonna um, lay thirteen uh, or catch thirteen. I want I want to so bad. I do. I really want to so bad, but I just don't have that much trust in our defense to be able to get enough stops. All right, Emily, you playing this? Nope, I don't have a play here. Okay, yeah, I think we're going to be smart and stay away. Um, if Oklahoma fell here, uh, I don't think Oklahoma loses, but I think West Virginia could cover. I think we could cover 13, but I'm, I I could see us losing like 10 or something like that. Maybe get like a lap, late uh, backdoor. Yeah, all right, fair enough. All right, uh, Emily, what's your last one that you have? Uh, my last one, um, I guess – even though it pains me to say it, I'll take you to the real USC, which is not in South Carolina. Um, Southern Cal, Oregon, I'm going to take the over there. I think it'll be a incredibly high-scoring game. 73. Yeah, 73 is the over. I, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going to go all in here. I think both teams will put up a lot of points. Boy, oh boy. See, the difference for me here is, like, Oregon, I feel like, actually has a decent defense. Like, Washington hasn't been able to stop a nosebleed the past, past few weeks. That's why I took the over last week. But I think Oregon's going to be able to get enough stops here. And who's to say that, like, Caleb Williams isn't just, like, check out at this point? You know, he's just waiting for the NFL. Yeah, he's he's trying to watch movies with his dog and cuddle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a funny interview. Um, seeing him and his parents in the stands um, after he gave everything he had last yeah. week, that was that was a tough sight to see. Um, it was nice to see Washington get the win, but I'm honestly shocked that he's still playing. Like, if he shut it down, no one would care. Well, I mean, I, I respected that he's continuing to play, though, you know? Of course, I mean, he's... Um, what's the spread here? 15? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Oregon wins, but, like... Like I said, Oregon's defense is actually solid, I think. 
So I think they're going to get enough stops yeah, where. Well, what do you, I mean, you think they're going to put up? I mean, they, they, <laughs> they might. Are. Put, they, they might. Oregon might put up fifty something. That's on what them. I'm saying. Like, I think Oregon could put up fifty yeah. points on their own. Yeah, and then you need just like what twenty five from USC. Yeah. I could see that. Dude, I'm calling it now. Bo Nix needs to win the Heisman. Like, not a lot of people have been talking about him this year. Like, Michael no. Penix has been good. I don't want to hear any of the J.J. McCarthy bullshit. Like, they no. haven't played anyone. No. Um, Caleb Williams obviously isn't going to win it. Drake Mace's chances have been shot when they lost to Georgia Tech and UVA back-to-back. But, uh, honestly, like, I think I can make a pretty compelling argument, obviously, if I did a little bit more research from what I just initially think. Bo Nix may be the best player in college football this year. He has been Mr. Consistent. They have done nothing but win in the game that they lost to um, Washington where, where their kicker, you know, considered yeah. overtime. He played about as perfect as he could. I wouldn't say that he was a world beater. His wide receivers definitely helped him out. Running backs had some big plays. But I will say, like, consistency, we've seen Michael Penix have down games. We haven't really seen Bo Nix play a bad game this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. And I, I, I mean, if it comes to the Pac-12 championship again, he's going to have that chance if they face Oregon. Because like I think Oregon's the best team in the Pac-12 right now. Um, yeah, for sure. If when them and Washington play again, yeah, Oregon will be the favorite. I, yeah, and I think they should be, and I think they'll probably win that game. But yeah, I mean him. I also don't think Marvin Harrison gets enough hype because without Harrison, like that Penn State game would have been a lot closer than it is. I mean, they were literally like double teaming him, and he still couldn't stop him. So I think he's just a freak of an athlete, and then. The dude from Oklahoma State also, Ollie Gordon right now, the running back, he's balling out as well. I mean, he ran for like 285 on West Virginia. It was like we were playing two-hand touch. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm going to need to check my book and put in like a an NCAA future on uh, Bo Nix, one of the Heisman. I wonder what odds I can get. Yeah, he probably has like the second or third now. Yeah, it probably would have been better a couple of weeks ago, but I've kind of thought that for the last couple of weeks. Um, just def- I mean, I didn't lock it. Probably should have, but we're we're here now. Yeah. All right, uh, Brett, you want to give your last play? Yes, this is a team that I've been on the last couple of weeks. This, this is it's a weird. I know one. where you're going. Are we going? Are we going to Orlando? We are. Came or yes, we are. UCF. <laughs> this game is a little. We talked about this earlier. It's a weird line you asked me about it, and I was like, I really don't understand it. I guess it could be a trap here, but UCF is defensively, they're not that good, and Oklahoma State is playing good ball. I think Ollie Gordon goes for over 250 this game. Um, I like the way they're playing. I like the way Oklahoma State is playing, and this, I, I think they can win this game by 10, 14 points. So give, give me the pokes. Mm-hmm. He's on it. Well, I, I'm surprised you're yeah. thinking this. I, I just really think am. it's a trap game. Yeah. I really do. Brett and I have talked about this a lot this week, and I, I just think it's a trap but, game. Well, Emily, you are right. This is the definition of a trap game. It just looks too good. But, uh, Brett, when I asked you about this, and I was like, what's going on here? And it's it's just too good not to take. Um, Oklahoma State. They have all newcomers in the Big 12 remaining on their schedule. Yeah, UCF, Houston, BYU. They beat Oklahoma, so it'll probably be them in Texas in the Big 12 championship, which is pretty crazy to say. Um, I think Oklahoma State knows what they're playing for. Gundy, again, is probably one of the better coaches in the Big 12. I think it's safe to say that. 
So um, he's going to coach his boys up, have them prepared. I don't think there's going to be any look-ahead games. Vegas may think that something is up here, but when it comes down to it, um, I'll believe in Gundy and the Pokes. So I'm going to ride it out with you. The line just looks too good. If we get burned, we neither of us will be shocked, but no. I'd be pretty mad you know, if they win by like 13 and I don't take this. So uh, I will also be on Oklahoma State laying two and a half. Yeah, it just seems too obvious, which is kind of the scary part. But, yeah, I mean, besides that South Alabama game or whatever, I mean, Oklahoma State would probably be a top – team right now which is kind of crazy to think about because mm-hmm. they went they lost at iowa state as well but um yeah you i mean they're probably thinking what could have been but I, the difference has been is they've been giving all the to the ball whereas in the first couple of games they did not do that so they found their identity yeah they, they definitely yeah first four or five weeks of the season they did not have an identity yeah, exactly. they have one now yeah so i think i mean like you said they they're playing who was it? It was Houston, um, UCF, and what was the last BYU? One? Yeah, BYU, and which, Cin- yeah, which we just I think brought. Cincy. So yeah, they uh, Cincy. I don't think has won a game in the Big Twelve yet, and I don't know if UCF has either. So, or sorry, it's Houston. It's UCF, Houston, BYU. Okay, UCF, Houston. So yeah. But, I mean, and honestly, Houston beating Baylor last week doesn't tell us anything. No, Baylor's bad. Baylor is going to get fired. You think he's going to get fired after this year? I mean, so he came in, got to the Big 12 championship. Yeah, exactly. Did they win the Big 12 that year? Yeah, they – okay. They, yeah, they I mean, dude, it's just, everything's heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of shocked. That, I mean, West Virginia plays in the last game of the year. and like, If we go and lose there, that's, that's a bad loss at this point because they're bad. What's the record? Have they even yeah, won, like, yeah they're, they're not great. Baylor, yeah, has Baylor even won like three? Yeah, I think they're three and six. Yeah, they okay, they are. They're three and six. Oh, they lost their I so other than Long Island University, they've only beat newcomers in the Big 12. Excuse me, in the Big 12. Wow, and but in the they beat Cincy and three point game, and the UCF game was because they were getting killed by UCF, if you remember, like 35 to like three or something like that. And Mm -hmm. somehow they came back. Yeah, that was a comeback for the ages. Yeah, really... yeah Mont was so mad at that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Baylor scored twenty six points in the fourth quarter to win that game. That's just wild. Yeah, Dave's gonna wild. probably see the Grim Reaper. Yeah, they might. They'll probably give right, him a one um, more year we... after next after this year. But if he doesn't do anything better than next year, then yeah. So, looking at the rest of the slate this week, we hit on pretty much all the big key games. Um, what do you think about uh, Maryland-Nebraska? Nebraska's a two-and-a-half-point dog at home. You know, I, I was on Nebraska until I saw that they lost to Michigan State last weekend. And I was like, all right, well, that kind of scares me a little bit. And, like, Maryland, what what happened to Maryland? I mean, Dude, they, they've they, lost like the what, four or five. Yeah. five straight. It's been like four or five straight. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's been that's been. Bad. Yeah, I was on them early this season. I know like, you riding were. them like weekly. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I I'm glad I hit it when I did. Because they they've just um, we have Utah. Yeah, they haven't been playing good. We have Utah at Washington. Uh, Washington, a nine and a half point favorite. I don't know about that one either. Mm. You well, think Washington's going to well, give up some points? Yeah, they will because I hate to say this, but 
their defense might not be. I mean, it's better than USC, but it's not by much. It, it's, yeah. Is um worst game day this week? Are they in Athens for Ole Miss Georgia or Ole Miss Georgia? I would assume so, right? That to me seems like the logical. You, you you have a thought there? Ten and a half point spread, Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna take Georgia. I just I don't really have faith in a Lane Kiffin team going to going to Georgia. I mean, I I don't know what you what your thoughts are, but yeah, okay, so yeah, game day instead of that, I think it makes sense. Okay, there um, happens. Um, yeah, Georgia. Carson Beck's playing a lot better than he yes. did at the beginning of the season, so I would I would lean Georgia. Um, I think the game being sure. at Georgia is also kind yeah, of it, a, it is. a pretty big factor there. I mean, Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss is what the one loss was to Alabama, which that game they weren't really in it at the end of that. Um, it's it's interesting. I, well, I have I, one more for you. Then we sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I wanted to hop on my Arizona team, but the spread scared me a little bit. Who do they have? They have uh, they play Colorado this week. Mm. I think it was where was it at? I think it was like ten and a half or something like that last time. Something, I saw. Yeah. Yeah, ten, yeah and ten and a half. That scares me. Well, you can't watch it. It's on the Pac twelve network. I know, so I can't root them on. Um. Yeah. Last one I have is um. Does Texas get upset? Um. I, TCU. No. Okay. I don't trust Malik Murphy. Looked good last week. He he did. He. I mean, he, all he has to do is look serviceable. This is a TCU team that's struggling too. You know. I mean. Yeah. They, they've they had too much expectations going into the year after all that they lost last year. So. I think Texas is fine in this position. Okay, cool. Well, that's all I have. If you want to um, start looking at the spreadsheet and I'll donate a play to the hat for the power parlay. Let's see. Oh, sorry. Um, let me give now one of Coastal Barbecue. Oh, yeah. They are on. Well, let me see the best line I can get. They are playing Old Dominion Liberty. Um, they are playing the over. Uh, they can get 58 and a half. So expecting a lot of points there. Um, Old Dominion Liberty over 58 in a hook is not one of Coastal Barbecue's play. Listen, I, I know I'm just like speaking this to existence probably with the trap, but give me the pokes two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I just don't get it. All right. Emily, what you thinking? Uh, I'll toss Michigan to cover in. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I will donate. Give. I really don't think Devin Leary can keep this close. But I also like the NC State Wake under 43 and a half. Both offenses, they're probably going to struggle. Hmm. Give me Bama laying 10 and a half. So the power parlay is Bama laying 10 and a hook. Uh, the Pokes laying two and a hook. Michigan laying four and a half. And then ODU Liberty over 58 and a half. I actually like that. Um, 
Damn, I really like that NC State Wake under. No, nah, I'll leave I'll leave Bama in there. Yeah. Don't don't second guess yourself. That's when bad things happen. That's true. All right. Um, do we have anything else before you guys want to shut it down and sign off? I don't think so. You got anything I don't else? think I got anything. Okay, cool. Well, I will do what I did not do last week. I will recap all of the cards. So, Emily, thank you for joining us again for your second show this season. Only one um, got to be uploaded. So, Emily's card, Michigan laying four and a hook. Tennessee, Missouri over 58 and a hook. James Madison laying 24 and a half at home. Syracuse plus three in the Bronx. LSU laying 13 in Baton Rouge against Florida. Uh, Duke, Chapel Hill over 50 and a half. And then Oregon, USC over 73. Brett's card, he was the leader last week. Michigan laying four and a half. Kansas laying three and a half. Mizzou plus one and a half against Tennessee. Rutger, Iowa under 28 and a half. Florida, LSU over 63. West Virginia, Oklahoma over 58. And then the Pokes laying two and a half in Orlando. Marcus, my card, Louisville um, kicking it off tomorrow, laying 20. Michigan laying four and a hook. We are all on that. Texas Tech, Kansas over 61. Bama laying 10 and a half. NC State. Uh, getting that two ways, laying two and a half, and then NC State Wake under 43 and a hook. Florida State laying 14 and a half against Miami. Duke plus 14 and a half in Chapel Hill. And then I am also on the Pokes laying two and a half in Orlando. Now in Oklahoma Barbecue, the piping hot pick of the week is Old Dominion Liberty over 58 and a half. And then the power parlay, Bama, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Old Dominion Liberty over. So I really like a lot of plays, you know, after some really tough weeks. The cards were slim, but it looks like Vegas is uh, giving us some juicy stuff. So I like that we're on a lot this well, week. Well, that, that's what that's what we think until the games actually happen. <laughs> I think it'll be a good one. Well, thank you, Emily, for joining us, Brent. It's always a pleasure talking to you every week. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to another episode of Half the Distance to the Goal. I will talk to you guys this weekend in the group chat. Sounds good.